Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by Christopher Bowd, the Bowdy guy. Bowd. Bowd. Hello. How you doing? How's it going, Bowd? I am good. I'm good. So just don't ever call me the Bowdy guy again. All right, no worries. Um, that's fine. Uh, Chris Armani is to my right. Hello. How are you? Okay. You're looking terrific. Thank you. As are you. Quite a professional start. Usually we have this, this linger. I'm making it linger now. Mm-hmm. So... So that's the opposite of what I said. But people tune in for, you know, the wacky bit at the start. Is that why people? Is that why people? I'm so failed now. I'm surprised why people tune in. To be honest, you know, very little in terms of football. Um, but so Celtic, mm-hmm. um, Celtic had the game against Inverness. We're right into it, Bowd. We're right <laughs> straight into it. You're like, this is this is my territory here. This is this is Bowd. No Bowd small talk. No small in. talk. Was that less than a minute? Uh, have, we have talked crap for eight minutes or something before. Aye, 57, 58, 59. There's so, your minute. Celtic. Celtic. Um, no, but what, how are you? What have, you? have you been watching any other sort of football other than Celtic this week? Or is there anything that's... Other uh, than Celtic that's hit your kind of thoughts? I watched Hearts and Hibs yesterday. What? And I must admit, you know, the pitch was terrible. And, uh, you know, the quality of the, the, the football wasn't particularly good. But I enjoyed it. What? A fair old ding-dong of a game. Um, what did you enjoy about it? Like in terms of, was it just the excitement, the pace? I love people up the park, not that, and, and you know, hustle and bustle. Well, how did John McGinn play? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? He hustled. He bustled. Uh, yeah, Aye, he hustled and bustled. I bet he was the best player in the park. I didn't see the game, but I bet he was the best player in the park. Um, so there you go. Uh, I heard that it was a really good atmosphere on that as well. It was. It was Hibs fans were singing a song. <laughs> I uh, can't remember what it was, but it was really catchy. You're really giving us all the information that we need from that game, Chris. That's, that's, that's it's almost like you were there. I know exactly the, the detail into the detail and the the thoughts went. But into it was, but no, I enjoyed it. It was, and then uh, you know, Sky Sports all day coverage of the Scottish Cup kind of petered out after that with the next game. But um, no, wasn't too bad at all. Is the Scottish Cup important to you, Chris, as a Celtic fan and in general as a fan of Scottish football? Is it as important as it maybe was when we were younger? I hold it very dear, Chris. I hold it very dear. The world's oldest football trophy. It is indeed. No, it it does matter. Uh, more so when you combine it with the league. Because um, it's really good to win them both. Let's not um, count our checks before they've hatched. Hey, this no, league no. isn't over yet. Count our checks before <laughs> they've hatched. Checks. Oh, checks. I thought you said checks. Checks. Well, don't count your checks either. No, no. We're not going to say that we're going to win the Scottish Cup either, like Harpoon did. Yeah. And uh, was it Dyla's first season? Oh, every season. It's, it's in the bag. The season is over. We have uh, won everything. He's been pretty good this season, to be fair to him. Yeah, because learned he's learned his lesson. Uh, Bowd, what about you? Scottish Cup, important sort of tournament. Um, is it the most important thing? Because it's going to lead into a little question. Is it the most important thing moving forward for the rest of the season? Um, aye, aye. Uh, I mean, the, rec- the record's great, and the more we carry it on, the better. But... Um, Obviously, if we kept the undefeated record, we would win the cup anyway. But I think winning the treble is more important than any any record you're talking about. Let me ask you this question: um, Kevin Gillespie, um, prominent cynic at the start, back and forth. Um, does it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? I just said back and forth. Prominent cynic chucked it. I came on for the odd special. You'll be back. Oh, will he? Don't you worry about that. Um, when I, I don't know. Put a date on it. Uh, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> See you then, Kev. See you there, Kev. Um, no, 
so the the point I'll ask is he he sent me a text message and said, "Would you rather that Celtic had an unbeaten league run and not win the Scottish Cup, so go through the entire season without um, losing <laughs> a league game, league invincible, or win the treble?" Win the treble. Is it is that a very easy question for you? For me, it is. Undefeated league season would be amazing, incredible, but a trophy's a trophy. Um, and I think maybe his kind of comment was, you know, no one's ever done it before. So, you know, people, you know, Celtic have won the treble under uh, Jock Steen, under Martin O'Neill, um, the cup, one other team's done it, but no one's ever went through a season un- undefeated. It's, that it, might be the case, but we all know we are the best team in that league by a long way. You know what? I, I'm, I'm secure enough in myself oh. that if Celtic were to lose a game in the league, it wouldn't be a disaster. Things happen. And Chris, I agree. <clears throat> the the undefeated thing, I suppose the closer you get to it, the more it will matter. But the other the other thing about it is, you know, when you've got the end of the season games, you know, the dead rubbers, quite often, you know, we find young players getting getting thrown in with Aitchison last season. Of course, he scored and in, in seasons prior, we've, we've given given some real youth players a, a run out, and it's always good to see that, especially if they've got a chance of making it because it beds them in for the next season. That won't happen if we're chasing this with the last few games. So that's you know one way to look at it. There might be somebody that's ready to make the breakthrough, but doesn't get thrown in because we're, we're chasing it. But if you're giving me the choice, is it a treble or is it you know undefeated? It's definitely the treble. I mean, it's they don't come around that often. We've only ever seen it once. In our lifetime, yeah. Um, and to be perfectly honest, it's we should have done it maybe the last couple of seasons, especially Dylas first. Uh, I think it's overdue. I think we need to do it this season. Yeah, I I agree. Um, because you know that obviously we we done it under Martin O'Neill, and that's as you say, that's the one that we've kind of seen. There has been times when, again, you know, the opportunity's been there, and it almost it's it's quite funny because when you are so dominant, you almost. It's not like you expect it now because I don't expect I Celtic don't have the god given right to do anything. And even though obviously we've won a league cup this season and we've actually performed well at Hamden this season as well, um, it's still Hamden. It's still yeah. Celtic. It's and you've still got to, you've got to respect your opponents. I said we're by far the best team in Scotland. We're still, you know, if any team in that league have the best game of their lives against us and we have a poor game. And if they get a decision, a red card, an offside that shouldn't have been offside or vice versa, the game can go anywhere it wants. Yeah, and that, that's, again, it's all about respect and respecting the league and respecting the teams. I've not asked you this, Chris. What's right. your highlight of the season so far? Highlight of the season? Yeah. Do you have one that really sticks out or is it just a standard, you know, everything being so? It's, ugh, in terms of a barometer for the league, it's... it's Obviously, going to be the Rangers game um, at Parkhead. It was similar to a Neil Six Two game, where you know the, the question was: Are Rangers going to come up and make a challenge? And clearly, that didn't happen. And that was the day we kind of just put the marker down and said, "No, he's have got no chance." And it set the tone for um, for for Rogers from then on in. Uh, I know that's pretty boring and pretty obvious, but no, no, I think it's it's, it's, it's a fair enough point. Um, as much as you like. You know, getting one over your city rivals because mm. they are city rivals. The Bears the, the Shaver game I loved as well. I mean, that the home tie, it was almost like, well, are we going to qualify for the Champions League, especially after the Red Imps Aye. debacle? Um, and we proved that. I mean, they, they've went on in the UEFA Cup and 
done showed well. that showed that they've done well. So at that stage of the season, with almost the same group of players, to okay, we ended up squeezing through. But you know that home performance really showed a lot of balls. You know, and again, it kind of highlighted like we talked about um, the evolution of Scott Brown completely changing his game and not only changing his game but really hitting a consistent run of form and you know I think a lot of people and myself included are waiting for Brown to kind of you know dip not not from a perspective of I want them to fail but you're just he's been playing to such a high level you're still expecting him just to dip a little bit kind of the way Forrest has now we're going to get to Forrest because Forrest got three assists at the weekend and he's now one of the highest assist assist players and highest assist players highest assisters <laughs> highest assisters in the you get him in the team. end zone you know it's when you get him in the end zone he's got to make that play he's, there you go 83% of the time that's stat stat bomb boom attack um, but no but let's be honest Forrest has um, uh, performances have dipped a little bit but again, that's kind of to be expected because I don't know. Um, he's never really he's never been as consistent as we as we'd like him to be. So when he started the season such on such a high intense performance, mm-hmm. um, he's always going to kind of level off. Well, how are you finding Forrest? Because the three of us are quite we're we're, we're fans, but we're qu- we've been quite um, we've been bummed before, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> you've been hurt. Yeah, you've been hurt. So. Touching him on the wrist there. Well, 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 I can say this about Forrest, seeing as he's, for large parts of the season, been keeping my love out, Patrick Roberts. And uh, at the start of the season, he, he was playing really well, but before Saturday, I mean, I can't remember the last time he had a, a really positive game for us. Don't get me wrong, Dembele obviously scored the hat-trick on Saturday, so that automatically gives him man-of-the-match plaudits, but for me, Forrest was the man-of-the-match. He was... Superb, three assists back to you know the form that we know he can play, but you don't get that all the time, and there's no point in him having a good run of form. And it, would I be wrong in saying it was probably what seven or eight games bef- prior to that before he had a really impressive game? So maybe I'm wrong. Somebody can correct me, but he went a long period of time where he wasn't particularly contributing well. Um, so. As much as we enjoyed Saturday, I, I, I would much rather we had more consistent performances from him rather than gaps between. Yeah, it's a great uh, point. I'm going. I'm going to bring uh, Chris in because we've got we've got a question on this. This is from Johnny Clifford at Johnny Hale Hale sixty seven. Given Forrest's performance versus Inverness Caledonia Thistle, is it right side of midfield still priority for the Champions League qualifiers? Paddy um, Paddy looks um, like and he's put a wee stop sign. Paddy looks. Like a no-go in terms of targets. Yeah, sorry, Joy. Um, so, is the right-hand side of midfield priority for Champions League qualifiers? I would still say yes. Um, I think James Forrest, and I'm maybe I wouldn't be as harsh as him as you guys absolutely agree, recently his form's dipped. But I think overall, this season's a success for, for James Forrest. Oh, no, I'd, agree, I'd agree with that. I'd agree um, it's a success. But yeah, we've seen, it can be phenomenal, but we A, we can't rely on that, and B, even at that, we need two top quality um, wingers on the right hand side of midfield, or two right hand uh, right sided midfielders anyway. Um, so I I would I would still be focusing on that. And again, the same for the the left. To be honest, um, unless GMS really starts pulling performances out somewhere, we can't G- rely G- on Sinclair. G- GMS, I think. Aye, I think that's done. But I'm just saying, 
Um, yeah. I, th- we, I think we need to. We need somebody in the right, somebody in the left. Whether that's obviously Sinclair's amazing, but we've seen he can be injured and out of the game. So we need somebody. We need backup back for him. Up. Yep. Certainly, essentially, and ideally, we would have someone a level above Forrest, and Forrest is there. Because he can certainly, yeah, he can certainly do it domestically. He can do it in Europe when he's at the top of his game. But we need, um, we need players that can do it week in, week out. Um, I, again, we've got a couple of questions in terms of that. Um, where do we strengthen for the Champions League? Um, also, the idea that Colin Slevin um, at Col Colley SL Rogers has hinted he may spend six million plus on an individual player in the summer. Chris, can you see this happening? Yes. Who knows who? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't guess who it would be on. But I can imagine if he can identify a guy that he thinks is going to make a big difference, he'll do it. Because we're loaded as well. Remember? Yeah. I mean, winter is coming. Winter is coming. So think about that. Well, winter is coming, but right now it's summer. Oh, Jan, which is June. ironic because in real life it's really it's cold. It's winter, yeah, and summer's <laughs> coming. So. <laughs> so you've got it the wrong way around. Yeah. But no, I mean, a law always pays his debts. So I'll get that in there. <laughs> Say that again. A lol always pays his debt. It's not a Game of Thrones quote, is it? It is. Game of Thrones. <sighs> Who watches that? Um, Chris, see if we buy a six million... This is going to sound like a ridiculous statement. <laughs> if we buy a six million pound player, are we buying a six million pound rated player or are we going to buy a player worth six million pounds? No, a player for six million pounds. And the, what I would I, say is, Tori Andrew Flo yeah, wasn't... A twelve a ten million pound player. I think what we'll do we're going to have to pay roughly in the region of six million pound right, for a six million pound player. Do ah, right, you're an asshole. No, it depends what market you buy him from. I think there's a difference as well. He, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was asked, "Is there any chance you would break that record that the club have set at six million? And he said, "Yes." Um, so he's not came out like Rangers did and said, "We're going to do this." Yeah, yeah we're going to spend. We have this much money. Does anybody have a player? <laughs> What can I get for this? <laughs> when you go to the sweetie shop when you're a wee boy, what can I get for this much? Um, and Chelsea went, oh, we've got a boy here. He's worth that. Sorry, Andre Flo. Um, but no, he's a decent player, by the way. Just nowhere near. Decent. Yeah. <laughs> no, with all due respect, Tori Andrew Flo was coming off the bench for Chelsea scoring goals in the new camp. He was of a decent level. He just wasn't. Anywhere near to him. He, he wasn't that. Marquee signing, they'd always kind of you know they brought in Loudrop and they brought in Gascoigne and then that kind of tapered off a little bit and yeah they just wanted to buy someone for twelve um, ten million quid which was ridiculous. I mean obviously we know what's happened since, but when you see markets right, you talk about avoiding England. Yeah, um, is that kind of where our strategy should be because obviously of the overinflated value. But you get a point. Well, that that would be my point generally. But Sinclair, Dembele, if Brendan Rodgers has his eyes on people in England, he's got value. He's got stupid value out of England. Excuse me for not swearing, but uh, <laughs> stupid value. Stupid. Uh, I kind of almost move something else. But he's I so he knows the English market clearly. He's got. You know he's he's got feelers, so I am. Um, I no, don't don't avoid it. But yeah, <laughs> if we don't want to be paying silly money for players who just aren't worth it. Yeah, yeah. Chris. Okay. I mean, I agree. There is obviously we have. What is that noise, by the way? Someone's, that. someone's drilling. Uh, someone's uh, renovating a house next door. Right, and there's drilling. 
Okay. It's fine. You can't hear it on, a, on the podcast, I don't think. Right. Well, it exists. <laughs> I didn't make, you're not going if a guy makes a noise outside of the podcast and a tree falls in the forest and all that got anything. right okay point that I was going to make right say for instance like let's take a guy like uh, I don't know the Croatian league you know like somebody like Brozovic now I can't remember what the price was paid for Brozovic probably going to make me look like a right tit here and it He's was a Polish fortune. no Brozovic Oh, right, shit. Sorry, yeah, Brozovic. Okay, yeah. So, um, right. You know, cho- you choose another Croatian player from Croatian League. It's chat. Nikola Jelovic. I, I thought he said Brosev and he was talking about that really shit Polish guy we had. Aye. It's no. But it wasn't. Right, so, it's, I mean, what I'm saying is you get quite a lot of players moving from, uh, like, Split and, you know, or Zagreb to big teams in Europe, normally for a decent fee, but. Not not extortionate. Yeah, not something that would be out of our reach. Now, again, I have no knowledge of what's happening in the Croatian League just now. So this is kind of just all off the top of my head. But if you spotted a talent there who was at the right price and the right age, and you could put together a package for six, seven million pounds, you know, you could get real value for money there. Um, but that comes down to... Luck. Um, comes down to luck, absolutely. But also comes down to having a spot on... Uh, scouting network yeah, yeah. and people who are in the know in terms of you know like we talk someone like I'm not saying it's been just a, you know Lubomir Mravchik now does Ken Lubomir and Mravchik was one of the greatest footballers I've ever seen um, can he spot a guy just because he's a good does that mean just because he's, he's, he was in phenomenal football can he spot a player because Larson's the guy who said that we should go and buy Bangura Bangura for example now, but I, was there not two Banguras is that a thing? Do you think Celtic would, would Celtic be that? No, I don't know. I just thought I would mention it. Uh, well, let's move on. Those guys. Let's move on for Bangura. No, but I mean, you're going back to Maravchik. Maravchik was, I mean, he, he was well rated, highly rated in France. There's a lot of people. Oh no, yeah. You know, in the game, who knew all about who Lubomir Maravchik was? I think that there's a good chance that. If he was around now when he was kind of in the French leagues, people would know more about him because of the saturation of the TV coverage. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's difficult to get a guy that goes a length of time and not get a move based on that level of talent. But I don't really have another point, so... No, I, I think I think that's the point, though. Someone like um, Dembele um, yeah. scoring... And you know most of his goals... Now, don't get me wrong, he did, he did score some goals in the Champions League. But the idea that major clubs are looking at paying a ridiculous amount of money for Dembele you know you don't know nobody gets a time to settle because everyone's looking at bargains because of how saturated and fat and fucked the English league is in terms of money that wasn't necessarily the right, the right language was it saturated fat and fucked but so I mean I, you're, you're right I mean if you can if you can are we settling on that, that I was just going to make a joke about a female relation of yours but it's fine carry on we, we don't, we don't Which do one? It. Who knows? Who knows? We don't do that here. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's all about uh, uh, spotting the right player and looking for um, a bargain, as you say. But avoiding England, we don't want to do it. But you know, when there, there's there's guys going for ten to twelve million <laughs> quid in, in in the championship, um, well, that, that, that is exactly what you want to avoid. I mean, some of the price. I mean, look at Aston Villa. The amount of money they've spent this season on guys. 
who you know you would barely recognise. They've spent tens of millions of pounds on guys who've performed well <laughs> at championship level, where their managers basically said, if they're doing well at this level, they will do well enough that we they, we can get promoted. That sort of short termism in terms of just throwing money at it isn't something that we can do, uh, and it's not a market. As you said, you know Sinclair and Dembele, there are gems there, but we can't really just go in deep in that market. Could we assign some of these players? Yeah, but you're getting an average player for a lot of money. So it's where do we go? The the other issue is if um, in the summer Dembele goes for thirty to forty million, all of a sudden there's going to be a bump to however much we have to pay for players. There's going to be a Celtic or cash rich. Yep, that three million players now five million pounds or. That, that's what I'm talking about buying a player rated at six million pound for more than he's worth because Celtic um, because these guys know how much you know because if we do sell Dembele this summer or let's say we sell him next next summer if we do sell him for a ridiculous amount of money and I mean that from a positive point of view then people will be like well you know it was three million but now it's six and that that's the thing I just want to avoid. Surely they can only do that though if there's a there's a another team in the market. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. I, Possibly. I mean, I get guys like Van Dyke, and you know who we paid pennies for in the overall scheme of things. How many other teams were going for him? I, I don't know. I mean, it's. I think that's the what you don't want to do. You don't want to get involved in a situation where you end up bidding, and because we're pure loaded, not that we pay above the odds. Yeah. Um, just a, another tweet from at, at the, that we danger. Does James Forrest needs to be dropped every now and then to keep him sharp? Seems to lose effectiveness after a few games. Although it may just be his fitness, it's probably his fitness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. I think there's maybe a certain level of when he gets back in the team, he, he really strives to get back in the team. And then when he's back in the team, it's almost like he doesn't want to lose his place. The thing that frustrates me about James Forrest, which which I thought he showed from the other point of view against Inverness Calathizzle, is see when he's aggressive and he attacks people, when he takes people on and he, he's confident and he goes at them, he's... The best winger in Scotland, arguably. Um, and it gives you something that, you know, you don't get that directness a yeah, lot. Exactly, so no, exactly. And that's, you know, if James Forrest was <coughs> more consistent, he would be, again, it's like if he was more consistent, would, would he even be here? And that's the kind of frustrating thing about him because you know how good a player he can be. And we've seen him perform in the Champions League. We've seen him perform in big games. But it's just that little lack of consistency that just gets you frustrated with him. Um, but hats off to him against Inverness Caledonia Thistle. He, he was he was back to his best. Bowie, thoughts on the Inverness Caledonia Thistle game? We won 6 0. Yeah, uh, it was fantastic. Again, we, we talked about people saying it's too boring winning all the time, but I'll take that every every week from now to the end of the season, quite frankly. Uh, that was <laughs> incredible. Uh, Dembele, obviously. At it again, was at it, he's at it again. At it again. He's bloody at it again. Big so he dimbles. is. Although for me, <clears throat> probably a highlight was um, goal number one. Who scored goal number one? Um, I'll just look that up. It was Mikael Lustig. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate that. Just it's a phenomenal piece of skill. That touch and turn and smash. Um, um, uh, firstly. On behalf of Mikel, thanks very much. We both we're both really happy with how how I, I, I'm, at this point I'm going to say we because I feel like we're mm, we're, yeah. we're like a unit. Mm. Um, I'm really happy how how we performed. I'm really been really happy with. I know I didn't get to comment on it last week, but um, the Rabona um, we've talked about that, you know, in private and stuff. Um, 
And uh, no, nah, he's, he's playing fantastically well. And that was <laughs> the run was terrific, and um, it was a just a fantastic piece of skill to kind of control it and hit it because it's two foot, one foot, two foot, and that's it's the old one two, Chris. The old one two. From, old. Was it near Beaton that set up? Lustig it was. For that one? Yes, it was. Um, Lovely floated pass. Kill it. Finish it. Yeah, Marco van Basten esque. In fact, Marco van Basten wishes that he could. But they're, they're calling that a lustig now. Any strike that goes in now, they're just calling it a lustig. Oh, that was about a lustig. Aye, just a lustig. Um, what about Chris? What did you think of? Um, what did you think of the game overall? So, yeah, I mean, six 0 fantastic. As as Bowd says, you know, does it get boring? No, if you're scalp teams by that amount of goals, you'll take that for now at the end of the season. It was just to put a wee slight dampener on it. They yeah. are. But me, me, they are bottom of the league. They are bottom of the the, the SPL, SPFL, whatever it is. But they're our bogey team. What? Because they beat us seventeen years ago in the cup. <laughs> Can we stop bringing that up as yeah. well, please? I think someone posted it's we've beaten them thirty-one times since then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's it, when we play them, especially in the cup, it's always an excuse for tired old hacks to get the the the, the old headlines, headlines out. out. But get your headlines out for the lads. <laughs> It should. What's up with him today? I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's on heat right now. Aye. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But, aye, like, I mean, it, it, the game kind of played out the way top versus bottom should. Um, we were phenomenal. Some of the, the stuff we played was absolutely excellent. Mention. I'm surprised you didn't mention goal number six. I was just waiting for one of you to. A driven, lashed finish by Captain Courageous. Captain Courageous, is that what we're calling him now? Captain calling Courageous, him. Captain Fantastic, the Captain, <laughs> Cap- El Capitano, El Capitano, Capmeister General, Capolo, Capington Steel, <laughs> Capri Sun. To be honest, they'll have, they will have all switched off by now, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Huddleboard will be loving this. Um, no, but again, Scott Brown was, was absolutely terrific. Now, you, this is something that you've kind of brought up a, a number of times, Chris, um, and I tend to usually agree with you when you say it. Um, about Brown and Bitton playing in the same midfield. Yes. And pretty much 2017, Bitton's played pretty much every game with Brown. Um, how's it worked? Is, is your opinion changed in any way? No, I mean, because see, the, in terms of the direct effect, Brown's, I mean, he still played well, don't get me wrong. In fact, <coughs> to put it out there, you know, Dembele's had a phenomenal season. Sinclair's impact's been absolutely unbelievable. But I'd still have Scott Brown as my player of the season so far. How do you feel about that, Chris? We are we are delighted. Yeah. Thank you, Sir Manny. Yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, that's that's right. You and Lustig, him and Brown. I'm I'm sure I'm from as well. Yeah, pure fool. Aye. Um, yeah, I mean, start of the season, I said, empty. He's a dud. He's a diddy. Pure blue it, so he did. Oh. And all that. Yeah. But he's been absolutely superb. But the effectiveness he's had when... Beton's playing. I think when he plays in the Beton role, he can dictate the game more, uh, as he was doing at the start of the season. Bearshaver game, probably the best game I've seen him in a Celtic strip, uh, sitting deep, aye. dictating, spraying passes about. We saw how accurate his passing's been for a guy whose entire career he's been lamented for it. Um, he's still playing well, but I do think that Beton sitting in that position and him moving forward that he's, he's less effective than he can is be is it hindering him a little bit because I think Beton's played pretty well pretty well the last couple of games no I mean I'm not I'm not saying Beton's been terrible but Scott Brown's not playing at the level that he has been earlier in the season and I think that's because he's moved that wee bit further forward yeah whereas when it was Rogic um, and, and uh, 
further forward and Brown was sitting and dictating, I felt they had much more influence on the game. Beaton, let's, he's been okay the last couple of games, he was good on Saturday, but let's remember these are lesser games. Ultimately, over the piece, he slows the ball down far too much and I think it inhibits the way we play football. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think at the start of the season we were talking about where Bitton could fit in and I think my kind of argument for Bitton was he is such a technically gifted player. I was under the impression that that's how he was told how he should play, slow the ball down. But I just think that's his style. I think that's that's how he plays football and it will work. I mean, for example... It's more it's continental. Aye, yeah. I mean, any, for example, when it comes to the Champions League, when you need to just keep possession, Bitton's great. Bitton's great. But when you need to force the issue, um, he can slow the ball down. And I've got, we've got a question from Daniel Miller. Um, is it more of a yeah comment question? Um, was it just me or was Bitton playing with some urgency against uh, Inverness? He looked to be matching the pace of the game. <sighs> Um, yeah, I, I thought he had a, a little bit more more urgency about him. Um, again, as you you know, you had a really good point with this. He reminds me of like an old sort of um, CDR yeah. uh, mid nineties. All that stuff, love all that stuff. Um, but like you know, that sort of um, just keeping possession, making things tick over nicely, um, and letting the uh, you know the you know on the front foot attackers. Do, do you know who he reminds me a wee bit of? Not so much in his playing style, but more of his languid style. It reminds me of Clarence Seedorf. Your pet hate. One of the most overrated footballers in the history of European No, but do, do you get that? Do you know, yeah. Seedorf was yeah. kind of, you know, almost looked as if he couldn't be bothered and he was lazy, or appeared lazy. Beaton reminds me of that. Um, it is almost kind of like a a throwback sort of thing to a bygone era where the players could be slower and, and things like that. I think there's been much more of a, a what do you call it? A... <laughs> Help me out here. I don't know. High pressing. High pressing. There's uh, more of a thingy for high pressing than in, you need in to your use, demand. Your boy, use your big boy words. I'm pure stupid, man. Aye. But, these, I think, because of the high pressing games have become prevalent within uh, football these days, it means that Beaton's not as effective as he would have been a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're I mean, how, how would Seedorf got on in the modern game, Chris? Um, I don't know how the hell Seedorf had a career, <laughs> frankly. Um, but you're pure stupid. Clearly, a whole load of education for you there, um, Bowdy. Um, what, what's your kind of take on the fact that Rogers seems to still have? Uh, do you think, my point is, do you think that Rogers sees a future for Bitton? Because we also have think, um, a, a buoy still to come in as well, and Stuart's on the, you know, he's been injured, so... Exactly, exactly. so I think it's... Uh, I do it purposefully sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I call him Stuart, because that's his name. Um, that's his yeah, name. I think it's it's more a, a circumstance that's led to Bitton getting the, the run that he, he has just now because of Stuart's injury, um, and preparing a buoy to play. Um, I'm, you know, I'm still 100% sold that Abu is going to be the best midfielder I've ever seen outside of Scott Brown. But um, what I'm hoping, because um, as we said, or as your man said, sorry, I've forgotten who, who tweeted in, there was a bit more urgency to him um, at the weekend there. In the last what three games or so, he has looked better. Um, so maybe. Brendan's working that magic again and it's just taking a little bit longer with Bitton to get that and maybe maybe he is slowly but surely changing his style of play and I don't know how easy it is to do that I mean as you said I think that's almost an innate 
part a bit on that he is that kind of um, slower, more casual, almost looks lazy or lackadaisical. But it might be that on the training field, Brendan's getting across what he actually wants from Bitton and he's, he's he's improving. Or maybe he's just a couple of good games and he'll be back to being <laughs> his uh, poorer self. But can, can I ask can I ask a quick question? And is you know people there are people who you know everyone's got a different sort of interest in styles of football. You know, a lot of people like the kind of ticky tacky side of it. You know, keeping possession and um, a lot of people like the sort of German. Bayern Munich side of getting you know back to front as quickly as possible. Some people like long balls. Everyone has different opinions and everyone has different th- thoughts on how a game should be played. Do people just not like Bitton because maybe they don't appreciate how he's playing um, and how he's actually maybe doing more than people realise? No, I think that that might have been the case when we first signed him or not long after and he actually had form but it maybe just people were upset because he wasn't doing the big fancy things, he was just doing the simple basics, getting possession, interrupting play, which he was really good at for yeah. a period of time, mm. uh, and making a simple pass uh, that was effective. But now, uh, as Sir Manny touched upon, really, he's early on the season, he's, he's he's had an adverse effect on how we play. You know, he's slowed it down, he's, he's, he's broken down our attacks for the opposition. So, right now, I think people are possibly slightly unhappy at Bitton because he isn't doing as well as he, he has done in the past. See, when he, when he first came through, I think a few years on the pod were quite positive about him. I think I remember you being. You actually yeah. said the play f- flows through. Um, and in terms of when he first came through, it was a different style of football that we were playing. And and it's going back to that um, lazy sort of language style that I'm, that I'm, that I'm talking about. I think that it can... Ap- it can appear that way. If you appear that way and you're not being as effective on the pitch as you probably could be, maybe in the mindset of some of the fans, they're going, this guy's... He's not working hard enough. He's not working hard enough. <laughs> he's not trying hard enough. He's not putting the effort in. I, I hear that a lot about Bitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, and that's not always the case. That might just be style. And we've seen it, players over the years who can look lazy can be really, really effective footballers. You know? I mean, I mean, I'm not in any way comparing, don't get me wrong, but Prozanecki... Right, player that came into my mind. One of the greatest footballers I've ever seen. He looked like he couldn't be bothered, and he looked really lackadaisical. And that is just the kind of way. Then again, Prozinetsky was world class. Um, and I'm not. Bitton's not world class, but Bitton actually is really effective. As we said, you know, maybe he is developing into something. But sometimes body language says more for a player than you know anything. And you can be the best player on the pitch, but if you don't look like you can be asked, unless you are doing world class stuff. I think a lot of the fans, and not just Celtic fans, just fans in general, because that kind of talks into what Rogers was talking about in his in his interview when he said, you know, when he watched football with his dad, the first thing his dad said was, it wasn't, you know, look how amazing he is technically or skillfully. He would say, look how hard he's working. And I think that's the whole work ethic thing. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. I mean, in terms of the, the phrase I used was for, throwback for a guy like Beaton, you know, that, that, that style. <coughs> Do you think the emphasis that we've got today on this high pressing and you know, athleticism shows kind of makes them stand out. I, I mean, I don't know if maybe I'm reading that wrong, I'm, I'm, but that might be the way. If, everything today is about pressing, fitness, going 100 miles an hour, where guys that you know don't do that stand out. And unless they've got real quality like a Prozanesky, 
and they're going to get half time. So he is, yeah. And he, see, stand, he stands out for the wrong reasons. Aye. So if he was, you know, playing back in the kind of mid nineties, then he would probably be maybe sought after a lot more than he is now. Because maybe. I mean, how I know, I know we're kind of we'll kind of finish up the bit on chat in a second, but how highly, if we were to sell bit on the thing, I know, and I've mentioned this in the past, but the thing that would be frustrate me is we had a player who was looking like he was, you know, worth quite a lot of money, you know, under kind of towards the end of Lennon's. Um, time and you know obviously Ronnie Dyla when Ronnie Dyla really got him ticking along um, he looked like a player who was really going to be worth you know upwards of you know he, we looked like he looked like he was our last big kind of asset before we brought in Dembele and yeah. Sinclair and stuff like that um, and you know the figures that are being quoted are 2 million quid that's frustrating Chris very much so it's a bit like um, Stefan Johansson to a degree we had somebody that looked like he was worth a few bob but uh, and but he's he's proved now since he left that he actually, you yeah. know, is, he's playing at a decent level in the championship in England, and he's standing out for them. That that would be my fear. We bit. It wouldn't really matter when he leaves, but it, my fear would be we'd go and end up. You know, someone would end up paying him for a lot more money. I don't like us getting rid of because winter is coming. <laughs> yeah, well, so we've just got to said. make sure we get selling clauses. But uh, as we've said, part of the issue we bit on is the style of play or style of football that we play. So that's not. There's no point in changing that to get bit on. Uh, worth a few million more, or maybe you would like to do that actually. That's, <laughs> but uh, no, um, I if he does go, I don't think it'll be for, it'll be for a few million. Um, and I think if he goes to the right side, um, he'll push on and he'll show what a player he is. He will be terrific at Sunderland when they go down. Um, we got the chance for Moyes, Moyes man, Moyes man, Mister Moyes, Mister Moyes didn't go very well at the weekend. But he's keeping them up. What was his score at the weekend? Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's full of facts. How I like this. Was it good? I I can't remember about much about it, but atmosphere good. I they sang songs. Uh, One song at least. Hibs had the heart. A no, song. it was a good song. <laughs> yeah, it's a top song. Aye, it's a belter. Um, we got the opportunity to see uh, Liam Henderson start two games in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, against St. Johnson, obviously you guys covered that last week, but against St. Johnson he was uh, very good, um, played very well and stood out in a lot of ways. Sunday, he was less effective, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously going to, you know, you, you can't really count on a, a wee guy to come in and have a consistency of, you know, a, a really, really high standard. He's not going to match how he played against St. Johnson, but his passing was dreadful at times. He had a very, very poor start, you know, for a significant period of time. Especially the impact he'd had on the few games where he'd come on as a sub beforehand. Yeah. Um, but, as you say, his passing really was, it really was dreadful. Um, Playing him in that number 10 role, I don't know where that's... I always think with, with Henderson is, he's the full package apart from his mobility. He really, I think that's the one thing that's going to hold him back. He's, you think so? I don't think he moves particularly well with the ball. Um, I think he's passing and he's shooting. I mean, some of the, the, the touches are simple. I mean, even going back to the Inter game when he set up Gadetti for the, 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 the not the winner, the yeah, equaliser. Yeah. Now that, for a player of that age, I think he was only 19 at the time. Yeah. To, to that, in that position, play a pass like that was unbelievable, really intelligent, showed maturity beyond his years. But even watching him at Hibs last season... I don't think he's as mobile as I'd like him to be. And I think that might be one of the reasons why he doesn't quite reach the level that he could. Yeah. Chris, thoughts on how Henderson played? Ah, it was, it was uh, as you say, disappointing considering how well he played. I don't think he had a, a, a 
that's a terrible game. But um, and we've got to expect that as well. He's still relatively young and he hasn't had a huge run of games, so he's yeah. not going to come in and just you know play fantastically in a you know a run of ten games. But it's good to see him getting a bit of a chance. Um, and hopefully we'll we'll see a wee bit more of him before the season's out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris, I've not really, we've not really you've obviously missed last week, and so did I. Um, thoughts on Griffiths? Um, you know, with the interview with the Rogers, kind of you know saying about players needing to, you know, not just being, not just focus on their ability and not just rely on their ability, but you know the overall package. Did we not talk about this the last time the three years were on? Did we? I've talked about it, but I was here last week. I can't remember. Oh, fair enough. Um, I just think we did. Right, okay, fair enough. Do you know what? How about you fucking host this thing? No, no, listen, there's no point in repeating yourself, Chris. This this podcast needs to be relevant and current. How long ago did he say it? Oh, we're going to talk about Kenny DeGlucci's (laughs) press conference in Baird's Bar now, Chris, are we? Are we? (laughs) Keep it current. Keep it current. Uh, I agree. Um, Stephen Hughes, at Stephen Hughes. Evening, gents. Evening, Stephen. Everyone say evening, Stephen. Hi, Steve. Evening, evening, Stephen. Stephen. Um, and this is obviously relevant to the to the Inverness game. Fucking better be. Hi, better be relevant. <laughs> Jesus. Um, state and full flow. Am I right, lads? How <laughs> <Hello>, I? <laughs> um, do SPFL referees do enough to protect flair players? Some hefty tackles. Um, in the Edinburgh Derby and obviously the Celtic game, what are your kind of thoughts on it? Because frankly, um, Draper should have been sent off um, against uh, against us, and there was who I can't remember the other player. They should have had two sendings off, frankly. And some of the Sinclair specifically gets a really they just hack them. I mean, there's nothing. They just literally bring them down. They they, they can't deal with how skillful he is. They can't deal with his his pace. Um, are referees doing enough, Chris? I, I understand why it's, uh, the question's asked like that because, obvi- as you s- just pointed out, obviously flair players are going to take a fair uh, fair amount of flack, but ultimately referees should just be protecting all players. Um, yeah, it's... You, all you players want, matter, Chris. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, you, want, you, you want to be able to tackle in a game of football. You know I mean, we're not all... Not all big softies. It's a man's game, but uh, no. What's I mean, wrong with you today? The, the Cali Thistle game was a disgrace. They were getting away with all sorts. Um, what, what's your kind of thoughts on it, Chris? Um, I, I think that is it. it can, actually, let me jump in for a second. Is it a biased against us, or is it just really incompetent refereeing, or is it a bit of both? I don't know. I mean, it's almost like we're so dominant. And maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way and I'm getting this from nowhere, but we're so dominant, it's almost like referees are a bit more lenient with opposing teams as, as some form of an equaliser to us, you know, or you need to go in heavy because they're trying to you know, match them on, on the park. The other maybe thing is, there are going to be more fouls that are tackles against us, so there's going to be more fouls and there's going to be more fouls that are let off when they shouldn't be, just due to the sheer volume of tackles compared to other teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I but aye, they're all against us, they're all Masons. Aye, that's what I wanted just to say. You're pure, not, you're pure not being heavy enough with that side. Um, what else about there? Was there anything else in the nice Caledonian Thistle game that impressed you? I mean, six goals is... Let's, I mean, we've not talked about Dembele's hat-trick. Um, he really is starting to kind of go on the front foot in terms of aggression and goal-scoring and... 
do we think he's going to beat Griffith's 40 goals from last season? Was he on 26? 26. Every chance of doing it, uh, as long as he stays fit. Um, yeah, um, he's really, I mean, some of the, 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 fun, I mean, the first goal was the keeper's fault. If we're, if we're, the first goal was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the keeper was, but I mean, the the the, the one with the side foot finish, was that the second or third? can't remember offhand. Third was a header, I think. So it was, so it was. Yeah, the, the second goal, I thought, was a fantastic finish. The way it dropped him, it was as controlled as the goal against St Johnston, you know, when he steered it into the corner. It shows that you know, un, you know, in situations like that he's calm, composed and he can put the ball away. Um keeps going like this, he meets the forty goal mark and that's his first season at the age of twenty. Man, I mean he's away he's away then, hasn't he? I, I don't know if he's away in the summer because the very fact that he came here proves to me that he's not thinking the way that people suppose a football player should. Now, the riches are going to come for a guy like him. Does he stay here? Does he get some Champions League football? Because there's a chance that even if he goes to a Champions League club, if, assuming he goes to England, he ain't going to be on the park all the time. So what does he stay here? Get another season under his belt, hopefully get Champions League football if we qualify. You know, he doesn't seem as if... People just assume that football players are greedy mercenaries yeah. and that, that all they want is money. It's not always the case. You know, you're Stuart. He's doing one of the degrees, isn't he? Aye, does aye. Aye. Law, isn't it? Uh, aye, law. Aye. So, see, he's not interested. He, he likes the books. And, uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, Francesco Totti, um, look at his eyes. Look at his eyes gleam over their excitement. Oh, Frank. But Frank, you know, um, Frank, very much like Paul McStay, um, had many... I think I, I, from, I read a thing that said Totti knocked back Real Madrid at least three times. He knocked um, back Bayern as well. Did he not? Oh, that would have been really interesting. Mm. Oh, cool. But sorry, yeah. So your point stands about, you know, not every footballer is out just for money. Yeah, but. But. Well, we're going to do this on Manny here. Um, <laughs> a couple of points. First of all, Celtic Football Club. God, even people call it yeah. Celtic Football Glasgow Club. Glasgow Celtic Football Club. <laughs> cannot uh, knock back and offer a 30 to 40 million pounds for a player we spent 600,000 pounds on a year ago. That's insane. No, we're not, we're, not say, we're not saying that. Um, so if someone comes in, I just don't see the board knocking that back. From his point of view, I absolutely agree that, you know, he looks like he's a smart boy, but if a club who are a Champions League club come in and at a minimum times his salary by four and it's only going to go up from there if he plays and does well, is he really going to knock that back? We can't expect the level of loyalty that, Totty gave to Roma or McStay gave to Celtic. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not. I know. I was just. I, that, well, I wasn't comparing. I, know, I, I was yeah. just. I was just saying. I just don't see. I would love. You know, another season at Celtic. I think would do him a world of good, and would do us obviously I, a I, world of good. I tell you something. Another two but, seasons because he is only twenty. Yeah, he's turned twenty as well. He's not. Yeah. Well, uh, just to kind of, you know, the the point you make is true, but if rumours are right. To be believed, we knock back a thirty-four million pound offer. Yeah, for and if that's true, then which yeah, says, absolutely which, we might hold out. Which I mean, because I mean, unless you're thinking of the whole situation pessimistically, ah, but he might get injured, which we've heard saying. And I suppose that's true, but you can't. You need to look at the guy as a player for as well as here. If we get another year, maybe two, that would be great out of him, and then sell him for that amount of money. You know, the other, the other plus side is from what Brendan said about. The breaking the transfer record and just common sense. I don't think the board, you know, 
I think the board would be smart enough to break our wage ceiling in the summer if we think we can Aye. keep them here another year. I think see the idea and pop our transfer fee by in a few years on the. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to kid on. I knew that much about Musa Dembele before he came to Celtic, but I seen him a few times for Fulham. Um, you could see the boy had attributes. Maybe in his agent's mind, he thought to himself, he's not, he's he, he scored goals, but he's not really been seen as you know a, a definitive goal scorer. Go to Celtic. He'll probably score. If he gets a run of games, he'll probably do well in the Scottish Premier League. He'll score a lot of goals. If he gets a couple in the Champions League, you know, it'll add another something, another positive to the column of, well, he's rattling the goals in, but not just in Scotland. He's also doing it in Europe. The fact he did well in the under-21s. So maybe it is just a sort of, as much as it's, you know, oh, he, he's thinking long-term about the... Maybe it's just a short-term dip to a smaller yeah. league to get a long-term you know, move, but that ultimately is positive for everyone. It's positive for Celtic. It's positive for Musa Dembele. It's positive for his agent, obviously. But the fact is, Dembele is—he's the just—he's so he's he's raw potential, but it's not even raw potential because he's actually doing it. It's just—it's it, fantastic to watch. I, he is. He's just—he's. And the th- the, the, sorry, Chris. No, no, no. I would. I was. Go. The, the the thing about him is as well. He's doing it at such a high level and still looking as if you can go come. up another three or four levels. Yeah. Because you've seen him at times and you thought oh, that was just total inexperienced naivety, you know. But doing things, you know, really outrageous things naturally, and you're thinking, see if he can coach, you know, with experience as he moves on. You know that guy. It could be. Could be. Let's not say he's definitely going to be. Could be as good as Drogba. Yeah. No. And that's again. That comes down to the, the word potential. Ultimately, unfortunately, we're we're not ever going to. I don't think we're going to get to see the true world class Mister Dembele because mm. I think he'll he'll be off before he really hits those heights. But if you look at you compare and look at a guy like Gary Hooper, um, who people he scored that thing that Celtic fans have where they want their players to play for England for whatever reason. Um, same thing happened with Thompson, same things happened with Naylor. They just want Celtic players to play for England. Naylor. I don't fucking know why. I don't. Um Lee but Naylor. I know. Fucking hell. He should have played for England. Aye, it would have been great. Because <laughs> he was it's better than Ashley Cole. Aye, absolutely. Um but like better than what's the other one? Wayne Bridge. I'm just gonna name out all England left backs. Better um, than what'd you call him? Leighton Baines. No, he's no better than Leighton Baines. No, he is. He's better than any England left back I can think of. Lee Naylor is better than Leighton Baines. Uh-huh. Is he better than Graham Lasso? Yeah. Oh, he said that with such disdain there. Derision. <laughs> Honestly, Lee Naylor's one of the most underrated footballers in the history. Of I can the game. see. I can see you. I can see <laughs> your smile. <laughs> I can see your your face as you're saying that. Um, but the thing with Dembele is um, like Dembles. Aye, compare them to something like <laughs> to compare them to Dembrino. We'll leave it there. <laughs> we could go a Dembington steal. <laughs> they fucking hate that. They absolutely hate they that. Aye, so they are to be fair. Um but the the thing with um you know Dembele and like say like Hooper Hooper scored goals in the Champions League, right? Not a lot, I think he only scored a couple. But you still are you might McDonald's scored goals in the Champions League, but none of them you they never you never thought That is that that is funny. I mean how how do you justify what what is potential, what is ability? Because McDonald did score. McDonald scored the last minute against uh, AC Milan. He chipped. Uh, That's a fantastic goal. Against Man United. Yeah. Um, and nobody ever spoke about him playing above Celtic as his level. Similarly, Griffiths 
had scored 40 goals for his last season. Scored in the Europa League, scored against Fenerbahce. I mean, okay, it's different levels. But no good level. Nobody's thought, you know, Griffiths is going to go on anything bigger. And who was the other striker you mentioned as Um, well? Gary Hooper. Gary Hooper. Nobody thought particularly, I mean, okay, they said we get a move to the Premier League, but nobody was talking about. And it's weird because these guys are scoring similar amounts of goals, but. And that, that's not being rated as highly as somebody like Dembele. None of them were as young as Dembele, though. Gary Hooper was only 23. Right. So, <laughs> not <laughs> as mean, young. I know, I know, but you're making out like Gary Hooper was like a seasoned veteran. <laughs> but, but I think this kind of plays into... This is where stats don't work. No, the stats don't, don't work. They just make... Shouldn't. Shouldn't. Uh, love those guys. Um, but that's my point, like... You know, you can look at, and I'm sure Christian will have a kind of meltdown. But if you look at statistically, Scott Brown, Scott Brown, Scott McDonald, Gary Hooper, and Musa Dembele, from a European perspective, you know, Scott McDonald scored in the Champions League, uh, Hooper scored in the Champions League, and Dembele scored in the Champions League. But not, you know, McDonald's chip against Manchester United was phenomenal. Yeah, it's a great goal, but. The only stats you're looking at are goals scored, then you're not looking at the right stats. That's your problem. Oh, here you go. Are start. you a stats guy? Have you went over to the data? I've always been a stats guy. I've been, I've been the worker. I've out tonight as well a few times. What's the XG? Expected goals. Oh, is it? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know that. I'm not joking. How, how, how can you rate expected goals? Expected goals, 40. Actual goals, 3. Joe Gamma. <laughs> <laughs> Dembele's now scored as many hat tricks uh, as uh, Joe Gamble scored goals. Uh. But no, but that's the thing with you know, and I'm not like obviously stats are very useful and stats do tell a story, a, a specific, a specific story. But yeah, I think I, it should I, I just think... be not. It should be like the Matrix, you know how just those numbers. That's what football should be. You should just convert it into those numbers and just watch the screen. Numbers going down. Christian looks at the screen and goes like that. Daryl Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Brown, <laughs> just Christopher Ayer. He just he just sees the numbers and it's just stats. well. Christopher Ayer's now following him on Twitter, so so I heard. Aye, so I heard. I've got KT. He's got Christopher Ayer. You're going to have to up your Twitter game, guys. I have the doors, so <laughs> the official Twitter account of the doors. Do you? They follow everyone that follows. Them. <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of that guy? It's uh, That's the, 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 mirror, the mirror journalist. Uh, he tweets a lot of Celtic stuff. Oh, McNally. Yeah, he follows everybody that follows him. He never followed me. When I followed <laughs> him. This was years ago, so I unfollowed him. I'm the, probably the only person he didn't follow. Oh, this is a disgrace. Uh, Chris Kelly um, at Chris J Kelly one chaps. What is the people panel's opinion on Musa's latest hairstyle? Thoughts. It just looks as if he's borrowed some of Scott Sinclair's dye. I mean, it's, it's the same. It's the same colour. Are we disappointed? No, because those boys look cool. I I, see, I'm telling you, I'm not having this. His hair's a shambles or anything like that. It's different, but it's in the tradition of Celtic hair. Why choose to Agreed. be ginger? It's not ginger. It's got a bit of the ginge to it. It's tan. The two of them look sharp. Oh. What? I like that description. They look sharp. I do. They do. They look good. They look good. Like well, not not as sharp as you, Chris. Well, no. I mean, look at this. 
There's, yep. no, there's no effort here. I don't know if you can tell. Oh, we can tell. Trust <laughs> <laughs> me, we can tell, pal. We can tell there's no effort. Um, just uh, do you want, uh, the boy Moz, um, are you surprised that so little has been made um, about ICT's tactics on Saturday? Zero attempt at football and outright thuggery. We get, did kind of touch on that. but What else are they going to do? I mean... <laughs> what? It's a Celtic, man. What are they going to do? Fucking try it. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to outplay us. Would I'm not seeing physically assault or players that was I mean that was a disgrace especially you come after Scott Brown you're gonna you're gonna go down <laughs> it kind of rhymes but you know the, the, we always knew we were in for a tough game they weren't they weren't gonna play football he's getting a tea towel at home um, come after Scott Brown you're going down. You're going down. Um, Westmere Tim at Danny M nineteen eighty nine. He tweets. Um, yeah, it's something we probably should talk about. Evening, gents. Is the fact I like his turn of phrase here? Is the fact that we are throwing every team in the SPL around like a wet towel, leaving us ill prepared for the challenge of the Champions League, or has the gaffer got this covered? I guess it's the kind of old <sighs> problem that's you know. Celtic have always kind of faced where, you know, you you know, I know certainly Martin O'Neill um kinda of talked about it as well. The fact that, you know, you're you're so dominant at home and then you and it doesn't help that we don't have European football after to kind of yeah. keep us kind of putting over. Well, I'd be more concerned if we weren't throwing them about like a wet towel. Yeah, um, I mean yes, so. it's, it's a good it's a good issue to have. Um, um I think f- from the games we had, although yeah, we didn't uh, earn a lot of points in Europe. You, you obviously seen the Manchester City games in particular um, that were capable of going into Europe and doing well. Um, so I think, I'd, I'm not afraid, I think Brendan Rodgers is capable of taking us into Europe and turning it up a notch, um, banging it up a couple of gears. But yeah, it's always going to be, there's no way around that. Unfortunately, we're going to dominate teams domestically and then we're going to have to come up against better opposition and play a different game against them, possibly. Yeah, um, and again, as as I said, I know it's, it's something that we've always kind of had trouble with in, in the past. Uh, the Colonial Podcast. Um, when Dembele, aka the Demolition Man, goes, which I like that. Carry on. You're into the Demolition Man. I'm a fan of the Demolition Man, both the movie and the nickname. As <laughs> <laughs> the sort of you know nickname you'd come up with, Gal. You're going to up your nickname game. Listen, Moist Man, you, you fucking you relax, all right? Moist Man, <laughs> you, love it. <laughs> you sit down. Um, okay, so when Dembele, um, as a, a.k.a. the Demolition Man, goes, um, who would you like to see as a replacement? And how much, uh, he kind of talks about up to a value of £40 million, of course. How much do you think, you know, I know we mentioned about the six, six million, you know, breaking that sort of tag. How, much, how high do you think they would go? See, if we got, let's say we got £40 million, pounds, do you think they would spend... Ten million on one player in this climate. Winter is coming. I, I, think. I think if Brendan Rodgers finds a player that costs ten million pounds, I think the board will go for it. The the, the issue with a ten million pounds player is the wages. Ten million pounds wages. Yeah, yeah, and that might be out of our our, our our bracket because as much we can break that that wage structure we've got, there's a there's a limit. Um, and to, bang. again, goes back to my really bad Croatian league point. You might pay that fee for someone in a league like that but not necessarily have to match that in wages yeah going to England though if you're paying upwards of 10 million quid you know you're going to be at least at least what 40 grand a week <laughs> not up for, that up but, that mate well put it this way Snodgrass went for what uh, 10 million right what do you reckon he's on 
70. He was on, I think he was on, um, he, he was on about 40, or just under 40 grand a week when he was up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was the done. average wages in the Premier League a couple of seasons ago not 50,000? And that's an average. But that's taking squad players and stuff like that and guys who are not. Yeah. But that's, so that's what Adam I'm saying. Lo- it should be yeah. Adam, Adam What we're saying is we're not going to shop in the English market unless we get a wee gem. But see, the thing is... Um, a wee diamond in the rough. When, when was the last sort of player that, in the English market that... You know, because obviously over the last kind of... Let's say 10 or 15 years ago. Let's say 15 years ago. Let's say... There was guys like Alan Thompson who would go down and get, and there was guys like John Hartson and Chris Sutton. Now, Chris Sutton and John Hartson were, um, Chris Sutton was the top scorer in the English Premier League, but we had to get get him when he kind of, let's put in brackets, failed at Chelsea, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was like a sort of, I'm going to use a wrestling reference, you've got the super, you used to have the superstars, and then you would have like a mid-card that Celtic could, you know, under a nail, we start got a lot of kind of mid-card Professional footballers. Going to tell me who, who would a mid card? Bear in mind, I've not John seen rest, no you, wrestling. You I've know, not seen wrestling since nineteen ninety one or something. Well, uh, you're not going to know then if I say who. You tell me one from then. From then, yeah, Mister Perfect. Is he not a top guy? He was. Ne- he never got the opportunity. He was going to be. He was groomed. Man, no, fuck off. He's not mid card. Well, I mean, he's intercontinental champion, but Sean Michaels when he became. We basically the inter- see when you're Marty Janetti as a solo. Bolderish now. <laughs> Tito Santana. Right, I've. I've, I've Right, okay, but the, the the thing in comparison still stands. There was there was a certain level of mid card. You, know, you, know, you can use boxing, boxing, boxing as well, right? right. The, I know boxers, right? Mid card boxers. There was there was mid card footballers that we could potentially. That's a that's a series. Get. There's a series that you could make that mid card boxers. Sorry, I'm just sorry. Bold about idea, that, idea, no. idea for a TV program. <laughs> sorry, just let me write that down. But the, the series mid is card boxers. The series is mid card stuff, and then every episode's a di- mid card boxers, mid card wrestlers. Ainsley Harriet's got to be involved in that. To be mid card cars. Yeah, Opening mid-card. credits as three Trafalgar Square going. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Mid card boxers. What's that about? I don't know. It's just a title. Just a title. Um, <laughs> we've just been all on passage. Um But yeah, so back to my point. There was a sort of mid-card level player that we... You're actually writing down that. He's actually writing down mid-card stuff, mid-card... You've actually written down that, so... You don't want to lose an idea like that. Um, If anyone's got any interest in uh, sort of mid-card stuff where we go around and... Mid-card. Talk about and discuss mid-card stuff, mid-card films, mid-card wrestlers, mid-card boxers, mid-card footballers... Mid-card um, actors. Mid-card comedians. <laughs> I've never really seen you so motivated. Mid-card comedians. Joe Pasquale. <laughs> oh, there you are. That's a belter of a mid-card comedian. I don't well think he's done. mid-card. I think he's, he's lower mid. No, no, no. Remember when he won the In the Jungle? The Celebrity in the Jungle? No, I don't think that's that's a, a, it's a, it's he did. in my mind. He did, which kind of gave him the limelight for a bit, which meant that he could fall back into the mid-card comedians. He's due another reality TV <laughs> resurrection. I feel like that, this is, you're this pitching is... an idea. If there's any producers listening, um, we, we I think we've got something solid here. Um, aye. Carry on. Yep. Listen. Mid-card <laughs> Celtic player could buy Celtic no, no, okay. team. So basically, the, you know, so early, late, late 90s, early 2000s, there was a certain level of mid-card. My point is, a guy like Adam Lallana is on £150,000 a week now. No, he's no, is he? He is. He's, the, he's, he's made more money than Steven Gerrard ever made. 
it was published the highest. Um, 150 grand. Yeah. Adam Lallana. Adam Lallana. Can you Google that on your phone? Because I don't no, trust I'll, him. I'll, I'll no, be honest, no, no, I don't I, trust him with numbers. Okay. Um, Number liar, Chris. That's what you are. No, it is. Um, but that was, sounds right, to be fair. Um, Although, uh, is Liverpool's best played player not only on about 150? I don't know if it is. All right, I'm letting you Google it. Okay, so... You made it up, so back it up. Okay. Right, you, you carry on talking. Well, well, why, why should I carry on talking? Because you're the host and I'm Google. All right, shut up. But anyway, the point is, um, it was released, There was a basically there was a, um article released last week about the highest paid players um, at, at, at certain clubs and... Yeah, should be there. Anyway, so there was a minute. You're writing more stuff down. What is he writing down? No, listen, don't. Somebody will steal this. I've so got. Just keep it to yourself. I've got 65 grand here. You're on it. <laughs> James Milner, £120,000 a week. That was from last season. I'm talking about this season. Okay. That's what I've got for 2016. Keep it to yourself. Okay, keep it to yourself. The mid card uh, stuff is, is, is dominating. Anyway, the point is there was a mid card level of football that we could get that there just isn't anymore and even we can't get championship players any, anymore so I think we're what like Moussa Dembele no we can't it's not like we're any, any championship Hooper. player that Gary Hooper May Sinclair Joe Ledley we can't get championship players apart for the ones we get Joe Le- let's keep it relevant I know ha. sorry sorry I think I'm just going to go home now you are home in my own home <laughs> Um, but yeah, aye. so let's get another fucking question. Um, <laughs> I don't like when you two get together. It's really, I feel like I'm being bullied. Um, can you stop showing off your little? <laughs> right, just get on with your little television sort of thing. This is a runner man. podcast hosts. Medcard Celtic podcast hosts. No, actually, to be Christopher. Yep. Yeah. There yeah. is only two of us, to be fair. So um, we actually do have. Oh, Louis hosted it once, and Christian for the special, technically. Oh, that was oh awesome. mid card, ninety minute cynic podcast hosts Christian Wolf. Ugh. That's the opening special. Um, okay, so what was it? we've got a question from James and Jules? What was the better performance, Ronnie Dial has done to United <laughs> or Inter um, against? <sighs> Brendan's Inverness and City. Because the Inter game was fantastic. Yeah. Wasn't. Yeah. Um, but the City game was better. Yeah. Yeah, but because the, the fantastic performances were so few and far between with Ronnie, I think that's just, you know, we could go on, we could win the Champions League 7-0 in a final. I'm still probably going to hark back to those two Ronnie Daly games. Yeah, because you're a Ronnie Dyla hipster, clearly. Um, <laughs> no. Enton Rogers does is better than Dyla. That's true. I, I, I think yeah. we all agree with that. I don't think that's I mean, even questionable. I mean, aye. Dyla, um, I mean. Are you disappointed? Obviously, Rogic's out um, and he's out for the, the eight weeks, so like about two months. Uh, <laughs> Give or take. Are you di- maybe disappointed that Rissi- uh, Christy? Is it just timing, you think? Or do you think Christy would have got an opportunity if he had been at the club? I haven't been as enamoured with Christy as some of the other cynics have. To me, he just seems too slight, too raw, not quite ready enough. Um, I don't also see him particularly as a number 10. 
He's a left. He's a left-sided player. I think who yeah. kind of drifts in. I, I don't see him being able to. And this is what we talked about. We talked about players joining Celtic, and you know that central midfield. You know, Paul McStay played, and you know we've got you know Scott Brown's playing so well. Paul Lambert, such iconic players. Um, to sit in that midfield and to take one of those positions, you and that's why Rogic really stepped up to the plate. That's why Stuart Armstrong really stepped up to the plate because if you don't play well in that position, you're not going to last long. Um, but again, that comes back to the dilemma we've got: we're giving people an opportunity. Um, I mean, this uh, you mentioned about how we're looking at to see how a buoy comes in and how a buoy does. If a buoy comes in and he hits the ground running and he starts really, really well. You know, Bitton will then be struggling for a position. Um, but then Stuart Armstrong, he still has to come back, and Rogic. So, I mean, it's good. I just don't see Christie getting the opportunity, and I don't ever see him getting the opportunity. Do you agree? I, I, th- I do think, I mean, that if he comes back, works hard, that Rogers will give him a chance. I just don't know if he's got what it takes to take that chance. I, I don't know if that's kind of the same of what you're saying, but I just don't see him. He's never really ever impressed me. I've never looked at him and thought, you were really good today. Guys like Henderson at times have. Yeah. Whereas I've never thought, you know, Christie was excellent. I, I th- the thing about Christie is I think he's got really good, like, like ball control. Like He's got really, really good with the ball. Yeah, I know you were going to do that. Um, he's got really, really good with the ball at his feet and he does really well from, from you know, that perspective. But, I don't. I don't think Christie's going to make it again. I also still don't think Henderson's going to make it as much as I'd like him to. I, pro- I probably agree with Christie at, at Celtic, um, and I think you. I, I think it's just. Is he ever going to get that chance? And if he gets that chance, is he getting ahead of someone who's probably better? But um, if we then sail him on permanently to another Scottish side and he gets a run, I think he'll be a star of the SPL. I think it's just one of those can't maybe quite can't quite do it at Celtic, but. Any other side in this, this and, and again, that that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a, a you know a, a good domestic player in Scotland because ultimately, I think all these guys get you know if if they play for you know a, a Celtic or even like an Aberdeen or something like Ryan Fraser would be an example. They might get the opportunity to go down to a club who are in League One or the Championship, but over two or three years, Lee McCulloch's another example. When Lee McCulloch left Motherwell, he went to Wigan, and Wigan were in League Two. But he stayed with Wigan, and that was his way to eventually become a an, a Premiership player. Um, and that's I've, I've, all you're wanting is these guys to play well, entertain us here, maybe go down down south, get a payday, come back up and finish. And that I don't hold, I would never hold a grudge towards anybody in that sort of situation. But unfortunately, I'd I'd I'd, I'd love someone like um, Christie to get the opportunity, but I just don't think it's going to come. Yeah. He still can. I don't think it's impossible. But I'm not completely just, writing them off. I just yeah. I don't see it happening. You, you, you know, you guys like that played for us. You know, weren't particularly excellent, but have went on. And I think we've mentioned them before. A guy like Ross Wallace, who say, yeah. is a you know a really well regarded Championship footballer, but he probably wouldn't have got to where he was if he'd stayed with us because well he wasn't going to get a lot of game time. I think the need to win every week sometimes is too much for players at a young age. Um, I think it, sometimes I think it's too much for players in general. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there are there are guys who've thrived in the championship who've failed up here, and it's primarily because they have to be. It's it's an intense it's an intense environment when you need to win every week. Otherwise, the crowd are on your back. I mean, a guy like Lovins, okay, he's, he was terrible here. He's not amazing down there, but he's carved out a career. He's captain of 
Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday. I mean, well, there you go. I mean, I don't know. Are they going for promotion? I'm not even sure. Yeah, but they are. Yeah. We're talking about teams in the upper echelons of the Championship. Players that failed up here have been a big success down there. And that's the kind of that. That's the thing about it. It's like um, this might not be the best league in the world in terms of you know technique or anything. But as Joey Barton found out, if you come up here, you'd really have to give your all and be smart enough to know when to you know pick your games. Shut up. The rest of the SPL is a league of Sure. Um, Did you just stay, stay on Joey Barton? Did you see Antonio Conte? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What do you think of Burnley players like Joey Barton? Who's Joey Barton? He literally whispers, who's he talking about? <laughs> who's, who's Joey Barton? Um, on that, what about what's happening with Rangers? Because they, they are an SPL team. I know we don't necessarily like talking talking about other... We don't like talking about Rangers because it gets kind of boring with all the, the kind of stuff that goes around surrounding it. But they are third in the SPFL. What do you think about it? And... What actually happened? Because <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I don't think we'll ever find out. But um, it's going to be entertaining to hear some more about it. You know, j- just when you think um, you're done laughing at Sevco, they pull me back in. Oh yeah, it's, uh, that was brilliant. Thank yeah. you. It was. It was good. It was good. Uh, no, they're, they're hilarious. I mean, what? A, how? Like, that. Resignation firing couldn't have went any more hilariously. Yeah, it was. It's as if there's somebody behind pulling the strings. Just Peter Lowell, probably is. It will be Peter Lowell. <laughs> <laughs> it will be eventually found. What do you think? What do you make of it? Do you remember when uh, in the early nineties when it was oh, oh mid mid card football clubs? <laughs> yes, write that down. Mid card football. That might be the second series. Yeah, I, have a have I got a second series? Mid card Serie A in the nineties football. <laughs> uh, that's an excellent point. Yeah, um, you know you've you've Christmas got a, you've got a track record of making poor television. Pro- no, sorry, that is too important. <laughs> no, but so what? What do you kind of think of? <clears throat> yeah, do you know what immediately came to my mind on the Friday night? I don't know if you remember. Um, the old board, when we were mooted, they said they wanted the upsticks for Celtic Park and moved to Canvas Lang. That's right. And the, 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 the press at the time were on the ball with Celtic back then in a way that they never have been during the Rangers debacle. No. They said, they said they, how are you going to finance this? And, and I think it was Kevin Kelly said, we're getting finance from a Swiss, Swiss bank called Geffenor. Uh, all right. And then basically what happened is, is they phoned up Geffenor <laughs> and they went, what are you talking about? And they just blew it out of the water, you know. And it's that level of complete amateur hour that exists now uh, at Ibrooks that existed with us in the early nineties. Yeah. And that, it it just it's just a complete transformation in twenty five years or whatever it is F- from them being this machine that we're going to leave Scottish football and it's it's wake dominate Europe, um, take over the world, sign Ronaldo on David Murray's private jet to being unable to sack a manager. Uh, you know, it becomes an absolute shambles, and it, 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 it the, the switch around is something that a lot of Celtic fans of our era will oh, savor, um, driving and, and savor, yeah. But there is something quite tragic, tragic about it. I mean, it's like, it, okay, we're delighted, you know, everything, the whole, the, the whole Rangers uh, scenario, it, and uh, none of us are ever really going to stop laughing at it. But at the same time. You're just shaking your head at times and going, 
can they get any more amateur just now? Because yeah. to, to, to say that the manager resigned and then half an no, hour later they. he came out and said, no, I didn't. I mean, you can't get much more amateur than that. Tendered his resignation on Monday, which was accepted immediately. But, you know, he just carried, he turned up, took training, did the press conferences. Standard stuff. I mean, it's, it's uh, as, as you mentioned, Chris, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, and again, well, it's because it's a lie. I know, yeah, I, of course. But it does hark back to, you know, how the press treated Celtic um, when we were on the verge of going out. Well, and they, how did, they did their job. I mean, that, that, that what I told, what, the, the Geffenor story financing the Canvas Lang Stadium, that was one phone call. And they found out that the old board were talking pish. Yeah. Now, one phone call, an internet search could have told you that Craig White was not a billionaire. But they didn't do it. Yeah. And it's... It's just gone on from then. That they've just got the, the press being compliant has done that club no favors. Yeah, whatsoever. it's not done the fans any favors because you know I still speak to Rangers fans who are still convinced that everything's going to be fine, um, and it's probably not going to be fine. No, I don't know if you read Dave King's statement, but if uh, Warburton had just followed his advice, <laughs> they would have won the league next season. That's, That's uh, Yeah, exactly. So um, you're not, they're not that far off. I mean, he's, he's sunk £18 million, pounds, uh, clearly. In terms <laughs> of, but that was the best bit. I'm going to spend £30 million. Everybody's thinking, OK, he's ploughed in about eight hundred grand or something <laughs> just now. Oh no, I've spent £18 million. So, uh, you know... 12 million quid to come, guys, don't worry. Um, but Maybe he shifted his tax liability over to them and been slowly... But that's that's been done before. Um, does the idea, obviously, um, when, you know, after last season they sacked Ronnie Dyla, when, when we they brought in Brendan Rodgers, um, like, we all went to Parkhead and it, it's turned out to be sensational. Without a shadow of a doubt, what's happened has been unbelievable. You got a feeling from that, from how he spoke, how he came in. His past record at Liverpool, people can look at it and criticise it, but ultimately he took them as close as, frankly, they're ever probably going to get. Um, and when he came in, I, I spoke to a lot of kind of Rangers fans who I kind of know, and they were like, well, if you've got Brendan Rodgers now, we're kind of fucked, which has kind of turned out to be the case, at least for this season. Does that the idea of Alec McLeish scaring you? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, there's so many other low-level managers they could bring in. Mid-carders all over the Mid- shop. Mid-card managers. Mid-card managers. Get it, get it down. Get it down. Mid-card managers. I don't actually know why I'm actually writing this down, by the way. But mid-card managers. Mid-card managers. Episode. Season 2, episode 3. Alex season McLeish. Season 2, episode 3. We go behind the scenes and find out what makes the man tick. Yes. I think... <laughs> McLeish is more competent than um, some of the managers they've had recently, but because <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Sorry about it. Aye, but um, you know when he when he was at them last time. Well, he wasn't at them last time when he was at Rangers. Um, he well, he was financially dope in the side, uh, and he still um, didn't win every trophy he played in. Now he's. What's he been doing? How long has he been out of the game? Um, he got. He lasted four months um, with that Egyptian side. Um, he was in Belgium and he got sacked from there. He got. I just. I don't. I think he's probably mm. past his peak, and his peak 
Peaky he was a decent manager. You know, he had to come in, have a good season, and then just get a bit worse. And with Angels, he spent a lot of money he didn't have. He's not going to be able to do that this time. Um, so I don't... I think he's better than some of the names getting bounced around and better than... They're not getting Ronald DeBoer. Why do they think they're getting Ronald DeBoer? It's madness. I did see a, a, a Rangers fan uh, tweet, why don't we, or was it a Facebook message, get Dado Perzo in in this conversation, yeah. Is he a manager? I don't know, but he's a good Rangers man. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing, though, like, what I find quite... I, and it happens, it's not just Rangers, it happens everywhere. It's like, as soon as you've got a manager and you, as soon as you sack your manager, every football club fan will think their best player mm. and someone as it's like let's get Henrik Larsson in let's get Dado Perso in let's get you know Ali McCoyst in Let, let's not let's get a good man do you know I, I'll tell you what Rangers should do if they're smart if Rangers are smart they bring in Tommy Wright from St Johnston and have him with a young progressive assistant in the sort of making of let's say an Ian Cathro they give Tommy Wright three years to hand it over to the you guy. had to say young progressive, didn't you? Aye, yeah, modern cover. football. Arse. So, Aye. are we talking Walter Smith, Ali McCoyst? Is that <laughs> Ali McCoyst was fifty when he got that job? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He was fifty. Young progressive. Yeah, to be fair, not far off it yourself. He, um, didn't, he didn't get enough time. Dream team: Billy Davis, Ian Durant. I <laughs> for us, it's <laughs> our dream team. It doesn't really matter, but. No, Jingle approach McInnes. I think they think they'd need to pay for McInnes. Yeah, I think that's a big problem, and that is that is a major problem for them. And if they are, if they were able to muster up the cash to pay for a manager, I think they could do better. I, I think Tommy Wright would do better than Derek McInnes. Derek McInnes' style of football for even the squad he's got at Aberdeen is just. I suppose but, he's a winner, but, well, not a winner, but yeah, no, he sets a team up to win as opposed to playing nice football. And that really is what ultimately appeals to your average Rangers fan. Yeah. And he has, I mean, he's brought good players into Aberdeen. I don't know how much of a say McInnes has over the, the recruitment or if it's the, they've got a, a very decent scout or scouting network. But, you know, their talent spotting has been better than Sevco's over the last few seasons. You love calling them that, don't you? What else would I call them? Love it. Um, do you think McInnes would be smart to take it or do you think he would just. Call it. Because ultimately McInnes went down to, to England and he was you know, he was great at St Johnson, went down to England, doesn't do well at all, comes back up, he's built something in Aberdeen. Is Rangers in terms of the stature and the fan base, is that as high a level as he'll ever get? You he'll, he'll probably have a wee gander at the players' wives, see what the, the <laughs> Allegedly <laughs> Allegedly he'll have a yeah, sorry, let's move on. Um what do you think? Do you think that's as high as he, he could ever kinda of get? Well, he's a Rangers fan. There's that. You know, you're going to get to manage the reincarnation of your boyhood club. You know, he might, he might, he just, yeah, he might just want to do it for that reason. Um, is it the highest? Le- I mean, you could argue that going to Rangers just now isn't a higher level than going to Aberdeen. It's not. I mean, it's actually from a league point of view, it's not. It's not. But ultimately, if you're a Rangers fan, you were grew up as a Rangers fan that attraction is going to be there for you. So if they offered him the job, if he, if, he, if he uses his head, he doesn't go. But if he's ruled by his heart, you, you think he probably would, based solely on that. But financially, that I think that's the major problem. The, the idea that they're going to be able to pay the money that Aberdeen, you know, whatever he's under contract to go there. 
seen as I read today that they're paying for a, a goalkeeper they signed in the January window in five fifty thousand pound instalments. Really? I don't why, know if it's true, I but I read it on Twitter, so I don't know how it's probably, <laughs> probably is. <laughs> um, I, I don't understand why they needed a goalkeeper, but you know that's a kind of different discussion. Um, just a couple of questions. Stop the came ball in. Going in the net, Chris. Generally, what they do. Even right. Card goalkeepers. <laughs> Mid-card jokes. Uh, mid-card goalkeepers. Um, <laughs> a lot of them on this podcast. <laughs> uh, mid-card, uh, Bernard Lama, of course. Yeah, I would say he was mid-card. Um, Roy Carroll. Nah, he's he's lower mid-card. He's still mid. Uh, played for Man United. So did... Wasn't the main attraction? Mid-card. Uh, so did Tybee. <laughs> Aye. He went back... Was it Verona he was at? He went back to Verona, I think he did. It was after the 90s, so we we all chucked watching (laughs) Serie A after the 90s. Done. Uh, Rafael O. Pietro, can we finally dispel the the forest off the Boyle myth? Seems he usually attracts his tag when he's not actually playing. Uh, We've we've covered that. We're just a bit frustrated with Forrest. So we can't dispel that myth because he was off the boil for quite a bit. Um, Kieran at CJ Bradley 86 do you think okay this is interesting do you think Boyata is now number one centre back at the club or too soon to build him up best paired with Jozo hashtag solid so Boyata since he's came in has been the constant centre back with Jozo or Eric stepping out um, about slow down you move too fast that is a well, it's the, I, we all want Boyata to be fantastic oh, you're very happy with that aren't you I am it's not often I get to Bring a bit of Brent to the podcast, but he's a uh, he's mid card paper merchant manager. Okay, that's, okay, we're getting too specific <laughs> there. I think to be honest, uh, no, he's he's done fantastically well, but you know, aye, calm it down. Bit on to the run of good games, we're not going to say he's first choice midfielder, uh, but could be could be the player that we all hoped we would get when mm. we signed that. How's Jozo? How's Jozo performing for you? Okay, how he's been in and out recently, so. Um, and he seems fancier, so uh, we paid more money for him. That's why I, I go. I go by money when I play. It's been a while, but when I play football manager, champ manager, values. That's it. Is that I how play you my most expensive. You, by yeah. val- you don't vote for the viability. You vote by no, that by value, which is weird. I end up with like seven forwards, but you know they cost more money. This guy's get he gets it. What about yourself, Boyata? Now the number one centre back. It doesn't say say the best. It just says the number one. He appears to be. He appears to be. I concur with Christopher. In that, when he slow down, I, I'd like to see Boyata in a game that truly is competitive, or at least more competitive, and coming through it without making the balls up. I don't want to mention Lee Naylor again, but we've seen players have yes, you do. runs that I very you much want wanted to. the greatest England left-back in the last 20 years. The man who um, came, you know, um, was the inspiration for mid-card stuff. <laughs> One of the greatest non-televised shows of all no, time. No, it wasn't. I was. No, the inspiration no, was Celtic signings was, of the aye, NPL aye. players. You started saying about mid-card wrestling, and it oh, went yeah. for L. And developed organically. Um, <laughs> what were you saying, Chris? Lee Naylor. Aye, so we've seen players come in, look good, and then they disappoint us. Just like every woman in my life. <laughs> That's a mid-card joke right there, to be fair. Um, but, okay, so I think we're at, we're actually kind of at our point. I've got, we've got one more question. I think this is going to be quite a quite an interesting one as we come down. 
Um, okay, sorry. Ah, well, actually, I'll ask this first. Um, charity match. This is from Doug K Nine. Doug charity match. Lubo end or Henrik end for the charity match that's coming up. Half and half. You can't. How can you pick between Lubo and Henrik? Both can. Yeah, Henrik's a bit more mainstream. I'm Lubo. <laughs> I would go on, yeah, I'd go Lubo, like, to be a little bit alternative, a little bit out there. Yeah, you might not have heard the Lubo me or man, I've checked, but... Um, <laughs> I, liked him, I liked him when he was at Bastia, so... <laughs> I like pure like Henrik, because I've seen him on the telly in the World Cup. Oh, that's amazing, what? So, right, you can go on the Lubo end, I'll go on the Henrik end. Yeah, dancer. Uh, final question from Ben at the Tim. Will Bray Wyatt beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania? <coughs> And who will be the Are heel? Are they mid-carders? No, they're both top-card guys. Headline in WrestleMania, so they're headliners. Well, Bray Wyatt How come I've not heard of them? You, you just said, you said earlier that you don't, you've not watched wrestling since the 90s. That's probably why. Early 90s. Oh, the early 90s. That's your answer right now. So, uh, I gave up the wrestling, went on in Serie A, <laughs> and then uh, uh, went for there. So, um, so it was Hollywood after those, that. And, oh, aye, aye. Bray Wyatt yesterday won the World, World Wrestling Championship. Would either of them beat the Ultimate Warrior? Yeah, Ultimate Warrior was dreadful. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> he shook the rope. Oh, so he did, aye. That's right, aye. Technically, he was gifted, I held. Aye. Right, you stick to what you know, I'll stick to what I know, uh, right? Okay. You stick to your box and I'll stick to my wrestling. Um, Mulberry White beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania and who will be heel face? Um, money's in the heel, uh, the face chasing the heel bout. It is, it is, and uh, it's the beginning of the Bray Wyatt era. No. It is, um, but Orton will beat him at WrestleMania because you have to have your face go over at your end of your blow-off. And the baby face should always come out of WrestleMania with the title. Times are a-changing. That's how, that's how I would have booked it. But there you go. Um, that is us. That's our 90 minutes up. 90 Minute Cynic. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at 90 Minute Cynic. Um, we're also on iTunes. If you if you like to, you can subscribe and leave a, a, a comment. No mid card reviews, please. No mid card reviews, please. Oh, mid card reviews. That's another one. There we go. Nah, that's jumping the shark. Aye, aye, that's that mid card's now dead. Just scrap <laughs> the whole idea. Um, we're on iTunes. Um, if you search for 90 Minute Cynic, you can find us, and you can if you if you like, you can subscribe and, and leave a comment. Um, we are also on Speaker, speaker.com slash the 90 Minute Cynic. T-H-E-E. Yep, that's true, T-H-E-E. Um, Facebook.com slash 90 Minute Cynic. Um, but ultimately, all of these links are consistently posted on our Twitter account. So if you follow us at 90 Minute Cynic on Twitter, um, that's to get all our dates and dates. Um, also, 90MinuteCynic.com. We've got the supplement that's coming out soon, March, early March. I think it's March, yeah. Yep, and we've got some really great articles on there already. There's one about Marco Van Basten that I wrote, and there's a couple about mid-90s Serie A. And, and Celtic. There is some stuff about Celtic yeah. now. Who cares? Um, there was something that you wrote <laughs> um, that came up on my History of Today thing about Manchester United, <laughs> weirdly. Your time hop. Manchester United? Yeah, you wrote something. Aye, I'll, I'll send you the link. But 90minutesinic.com. Um, also, there's a Thomas Brolin profile, which is terrific, which I did. Which I did. Are you still punting that? Aye. Thomas Brolin was good at angle. Aye, he was. Listen, pal, I seen him playing for Leeds and he was rotten. Aye. Hey, don't know what happened before then Aye. and I'm no interested. Don't really give a shit. Once he moved to the greatest league in the world, I saw it matters. <laughs> That's it. And he flopped. Chris Omani. Thank you. At I Am In Agreement. 
Um, but it's a private account, so if he lets you follow you, you're uh, It's a private account, and I don't really tweet anything. Still. Don't, don't like Twitter, so... Still, though. Get involved, eh? I know. Uh, the Bowdertron. Thanks, thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Christopher Bowd. Yes, I'm at the Chris Bowd. At the Chris Bowd. It's been a pleasure, as always. Um, I think we're going to have some another joint podcast coming up at some point, but we'll fill you in on the deets for that. Deets. Deets. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, we appreciate you taking the time. I'm Chris Gallagher, and we'll speak to you down the road. Go away.